morning, we're going to look at the book of Proverbs, and we're going to look at yet another topic, something that we constantly think about and make decisions about. Today, we're going to look at the book of Proverbs and discover what the Bible says about wisdom and the topic of money. And today, we're going to look at some very important but very simple lessons from the book of Proverbs. But the fact is, if you're able to take some of these to heart, if you could learn at how to get better at treating your possessions, even simple decisions, have the chance to help you avoid stress, avoid arguments, and walk you away from dangerous but needless mistakes. And if you could learn some of these lessons, you will learn to make better decisions for the long run. Now, for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the topic and the skill of decision-making in the book of Proverbs, and so far we've made two really big points. The first one is simple, that you are constantly making decisions. You may be good at making decisions. You may be bad at making decisions. And the bad news is you can usually figure out how good you are at making choices by seeing where they lead you. We've all learned this a hard way. The good news, though, is that you can get better at making decisions. And maybe the key is to pause, listen to advice, and make better decisions. Most of us make dumb decisions because we're just not thinking about it. But if you can learn, if you could teach other people the path of wisdom, you will end up in better spots. That's the first point. The second thing we talked about is a more sophisticated point, that wisdom, good decisions in the Bible is always connected to worship. And I, I, just, I need to talk about this again because a lot of Proverbs don't look religious at all. They don't look like faith or worship. They just look like good advice. And there's something very human about gravitating uh, toward all the commands, all the to-do things in the Bible. And sometimes we read these things and we make a really dangerous assumption that if we act right, God loves us. But the gospel isn't that at all. The gospel is that God loves you, that he loves you out of grace, and he loves you not because of anything you do, including making good decisions about things. God loves you because of what Jesus did. And we can't really think about Proverbs without underlining the fact that what motivates us is gratitude, that God has done so much for us. He's done amazing things. And the fact is the God who made the earth may have some good ideas for us, how to navigate us. So to be really clear, wisdom, all the things we're talking about today, good choices, none of it necessarily brings you closer to the Lord. In fact, the opposite is true. Being close to God ought to give you this source of wisdom. And communi- uh, Proverbs communicates this in a lot of different ways. Like this verse, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is the beginning of understanding. In other words, get your heart right. The fear of the Lord is an idiom for respect. Give lots of value to the Lord. Bring him glory. Worship, and then wisdom follows, is what Proverbs says. This is what the cadet's theme verse is. You've heard our theme verse already. It's, you know, when you're working with boys, it'd be so easy to start off with talking about character. Do this, don't do that. No, don't do that. Do do that. Like, like you say that a bunch when you work with kids. But with the theme verse, we've started with worship. Our motto is living for Jesus. Put up the next verse if you can. Um, The theme verse is Joshua told the people, uh, Joshua 3, 5, here's what you need to do. 
Start here. Consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things. Start off with your heart, and wisdom follows. Get right with the Lord, have a relationship with Christ, and then expect God to direct you in good, healthy ways. And uh, I, I keep repeating this point over and over again because the, the point sort of gets lost when you read individual verses in Proverbs. Proverbs has so much advice, so much to-dos, so many to, not to-dos, but it all comes out of relationships. Now, if you just read through the book of Proverbs, and you should, uh, one of the topics you'll find very often is money. And what we're doing right now is looking at the big themes that come up. Last week, we talked about words, a big topic, lots of decisions. But if you read through Proverbs and just circled all the topics, you would find one of the things you circle a lot is a topic of money and possessions, which makes sense. A lot of the decisions you make every day have to do with your stuff. And we could all be better at managing our stuff if we listen to what Proverbs says. Before we dive into the verses, let me just give you four points that help you understand Proverbs. The first point is that Proverbs is obsessed with the fundamentals. And you may read it and find things that seem so obvious that anyone would have thought about this, but don't underestimate those things. You ever think about the biggest mistakes people make? The ones that mess people up? It's not usually complicated stuff, right? Or think about the mistakes you've made. The biggest mistakes you'll make are dumb mistakes, right? You look back and you, and you don't go, man, I wish I had thought about the sophisticated nuance of this. No, no, I go, I don't know what I was thinking because if I did, I would have done something different. Most of us are extremely affected by the dumbest mistakes we make. It goes the other way too, right? The biggest successes you have in life are by building up simple conduct. And I think we assume that wisdom sounds complicated, but in Proverbs, wisdom is the simple building blocks that build up the foundation of strong lives. So just because something looks simple and obvious, don't skip it. That's the first thing for Proverbs. Second thing, uh, we're talking about money today, but that's not quite right. I'll trip up a bunch. You should know they didn't have currency back then. They, I don't, honestly, it's a debated, but they didn't have coins back then. They didn't have uh, paper or credit. Like Anything you see in Proverbs is about stuff. Uh, but we have to make decisions about money because that's been invented. So we have to look at things like uh, Proverbs 17.1, right? Proverbs 17.1 says, Better a dry crust eaten in peace than a great feast with conflict. This is talking about stuff. There are lots of Proverbs that use the word money. This isn't one of them. This is talking about the connection between affluence, having a lot, and mental health. In other words, you, you know what this is saying, and the pros and cons of decision-making, a win is more than a picture that you put on Instagram. Lavish meals uh, with stress isn't always great. Luxury with anxiety might not be as healthy as having less and peace of mind. So you don't see the word money here, but it's talking about affluence. Uh, and speaking of translating Proverbs into America in 2020, let me just give you a third point that will help you understand Proverbs. Because you read Proverbs and you think about poor people and rich people, and we all go, man, this is not us. You need to know this. You are all rich. You're going to read Proverbs and you're going to default to think about other people who are rich 
Rich is one of these words. You know how we define the word rich? Rich is simple. The rich are people who have more money than you do. That's just how we define it. What's the difference between you and a rich person? People respond typically in numbers, well, a little bit more money or a lot more money, no matter how much you have. But when you read Proverbs, you need to know that you're rich. If you're in America in 2023, that's most of you. If you can read and write, if you're able to afford three meals a day, if you drive in a car, look, most of you are richer and more privileged than most people who've ever lived on the planet. I think most of us read a verse, and I'm saying this because most of us read a verse like this, and uh, we always think about, you know, people with affluence aren't me, but I I don't know all of you, but I don't think any of you are in an economic category where all you have to eat is dry crusts of bread, right? If you're eating dry crusts, if you're eating like croutons in peace, let us know. We'll find more food for you. There's probably some in the back. Most of us, that's not our problem. Most of us eat more than croutons. Uh, we eat three meals plus, right? Most of us is not our struggle. Our struggle is we have too much and we have mental health issues. Uh, number-wise, I, I, I think the average household income for our county puts us in the top 1% of uh, global affluence. And it, it's true most people I know are more in danger of having mental health issues than being starved. So when you read Proverbs like this, don't go, rich people aren't me. You can go, this is something I can learn from. That's number three. The fourth thing that helps, Proverbs will give you simple, observable facts that are true, but they always point to to what you need. Wisdom and Proverbs are different. Uh, Proverbs gives you facts. Wisdom is what you need to interpret it. I'll illustrate it this way for no good reason. Uh, reading Proverbs and navigating life is like watching your kids figure out football. Like I, I got a third grade son and I got a kindergarten girl. And the other day I listened to my boy explain football to the girl. And Jude is super smart, brilliant kid. He'll say things to the kindergarten girl that are true, right? So I'll hear him, and we're watching it on the screen. He tells little sister Eliza, you know, a touchdown means you get seven points. You get six, and then the kicker makes a point. Seven points. I'm like, yeah, dude, you've been watching football. That's absolutely true. Unless, right, (laughs) unless you're the Cowboys, or uh, unless you decide to go for two points, or unless, like, if you're a kid and you learn how football works, like, and you say, I've noticed that they kick the ball and it's a point, or a, a touchdown is seven points, that's true, but it's complicated, right? And if you're a coach, if you're navigating football and you're trying to figure out whether you go to two or zero or one, you should know touchdowns are seven points, but it's complicated, Proverbs is a little bit like that, right? You, you, you read principles, you know, a touchdown is seven point, and wisdom is learning what to do with that. And today, everything we're going to say is really simple, but it gets complicated. In fact, I would encourage you, read a chapter of Proverbs a day. You'll see lots of good observations, learn simple principles, but that's not wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do with it because it's complicated. All right, with those four introductory uh, comments made, let me 
introduce you to what the what the book of Proverbs says about money. There's a lot of verses. Hang on tight. They're in your uh, handout, I think. But here we go. Here's the first point. God blesses the righteous with wealth. Proverbs talks about the poor and how privileged is to help others, but it starts off with a massive point that, you know, all of us rich people need to digest. We're blessed by God. If you're able to eat three meals a day, it's because God has blessed you. So take a verse like Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord is what makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. If you're blessed, it's because God's blessed you. Or Proverbs 3, honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce, and then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats with good wine. Let's see what's going on here. The proverb is making an observation that there's a relationship between what people have and what God's give them. There's a relationship between what you value, what you worship, what you put first, and God's blessing. And you might expect to be blessed if you follow God. I think the big point is if you're rich and we're all rich, we need to be more thankful than we are that we woke up in a bed this morning, that we have more food than our bodies know what to do with. We need to resolve to honor God and expect him to bless us. And there's this claim that when you do that, God blesses you. And it gets fleshed out in verses like this. Wisdom is precious, more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. In other words, you cannot put a price tag on the good, relations, uh, good decisions that come from wisdom. She offers you, wisdom does, the proverb continues, long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. And remember, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Wisdom in the New Testament is closely linked to Christ himself. What the proverb says is, put God first and he blesses you. Now, I gotta be honest, I'm really uncomfortable with verses like this. I'm a reformed Protestant pastor, a little bit sympathetic to Martin Luther, who hated the book of James. And I, I, don't, I think Martin Luther thought Proverbs shouldn't even be in the Bible. I, I don't normally preach verses like this because it gets misconstrued as some sort of prosperity gospel sort of thing. So I wanna be clear again this is not talking about salvation. Uh, and, I, and I'll add to that, I think when you hear verses like these being preached, you see a very sort of mystical connection between wisdom, like the decisions you make, and worship. And the fact is, I've said this a bunch of times, wisdom is always connected to worship. Worship, what you value, is always connected to good decisions. In other words, putting God first is more than just worship. It shows up in wisdom. What's wisdom? It's constantly using your words wisely. It's using your resources wisely. It's using whatever you've gotten, your time, talent. In other words, this is a faith thing, like it, trusting in Christ, but it's more than that. It's a life thing. And I, I think we tend to disconnect this. And I, I've seen people who worship, they put money in the plate, they sing all the songs, and then Monday through Friday, they're lazy and they're mean to people, and they sort of go, hey, what happened to this verse? I thought God was going to bless me. I've literally talked to people who've gotten burned who go, 
I sang all the songs. Why doesn't God bless me? And the rest of the week, they are not being wise. This is where wisdom comes in. Wisdom, listen to this. Wisdom becomes the bridge between where your heart's at and what your hands do. Wisdom's the bridge between who you worship on Sunday and how you act Monday through Friday. Wisdom is the fruit that faith brings that looks like ethics, character, and conduct. Wisdom is how people of faith ought to act. And when we do, it's amazing. God blesses us. And let me just point out that it's not usually as much of a mystery as you think. Like sometimes, you know, and there are miracles, like sometimes God provides in ways you just have no other way of explaining. But it's not much of a mystery how when you work hard and you're really kind to people, end up being successful, right? We see it all the time. It's not magic, it's wisdom. When you're wise, God blesses you, and it looks like because you're doing the right things. Let me add, too, what Proverbs says, not everyone who is wealthy is wise. Proverbs points out the obvious. There are incredibly foolish people who are blessed. Proverbs talks a lot about this. Foolish behavior ultimately leads to poverty. These are some of the like, conflicting things in tension, like life, like how many points are a touchdown. It gets confusing. So you get Proverbs like this one. It's better to be poor and honest than to be rich and crooked. And you're like, wait, those are options? Proverbs, you just told me that uh, God blesses honest people, but you got poor people who are honest? You got good people who are poor? I don't like this one either, right? Apparently, there are crooked people who are rich. I mean, that Proverbs is true. It, life is complicated. Wisdom is navigating between these equally true facts. Proverbs, ultimately, and all this tension, should point us to all the things that we don't know, that we need the Lord to help us navigate. Ultimately, though, Proverbs points out that foolish decisions lead to poverty. And you can actually figure out what wise decisions are by looking at foolish decisions. So you get Proverbs that point out that the ultimate act of faithlessness is being lazy. So you get Proverbs like this one. I like this one because it's hilarious. Proverbs 26 says, a lazy person claims there might be a lion on the road. Ooh, I'm sure there's a lion out there. This is hilarious. Like, I guess this is spiritual battle, right? Like, I think faith helps you get out of the house without being fear because you have this foundation that frees you from a worry. Faith gives you a framework that God's called you to use what you got. But uh, look, this is hilarious. Sometimes, you might know people like this, being faithless doesn't always mean going, I don't think the resurrection happened. Sometimes faithlessness just looks like laziness, according to Proverbs. So faithful living in Proverbs looks like hard work. Faithlessness looks like being lazy. Here here you got a guy, this is hilarious. Someone is making a really bad choice about their time and money and energy, which is hilarious. Here's someone who is just making up lame excuses for not going to work. You know people like this, right? I was going to get a job, but did you see that thing on Facebook about the guy who was walking to work and got eaten by a lion? It's probably true, right? I better stay home and not do anything. There is always an excuse 
to be lazy, and that is a foolish thing to do. Or the next one, this is literally the next verse. As a door swings back and forth on its hinges, the lazy person turns over and over in their bed. <laughs> you know people like that, maybe. Uh, they love to relax. They sit up and down. They get up and down and go to the fridge like a door on its hinges. Or this one gets me. Lazy people, Proverbs says, they take food in their hand and they don't even lift it up to their mouth. <laughs> what a funny image. You ever know someone like this who's really good at starting projects and never finishing? Like, imagine how dumb this is, right? Someone who's, uh, they, they go through all the effort of putting a fork in their food and I can't finish this. I got other stuff to do. Like, like, this is the important part, right? Do you know what happens to lazy people in the book of Proverbs? Lazy people are soon poor because of bad decisions. People who work hard get rich. This is a proverb here. And wisdom leads you to one and not the other. Laziness, of course, isn't the own, only problem. Proverbs says be careful about how you play. Those who love pleasure become poor. Wine and luxury are not the way to riches. In Proverbs, some people make bad decisions, not because they're lazy, they work hard, but they work at pleasure instead of production. And despite what you may learn from reality and TV or Instagram influencers, wine and luxury are not the way to riches, Proverbs says. People make devastating life choices. Even something as seemingly harmless as words, arguments, mocking. There are, there are things that destroy lives made under the influence of alcohol and through the allure of luxury. Another reason in Proverbs for poverty, strangely enough, is by not treating poor people well. Ultimately, abusing power, corruption, brings people to loss. So Proverbs twenty-two sixteen, a person who gets ahead by oppressing the poor or by showering gifts on the rich will end up in poverty. Now remember, you're all rich, so you all need to remember that foolish behavior leads to poverty somehow. One more point. Proverbs says in a lot of different ways that the wealth of foolish people will not last. Let me just tell you, like a lot of things in Proverbs, the first two snapshots, our first two points, aren't always the case. And I want to be really careful about this. Proverbs are talking to you about making good decisions. It's not always the best way to explain the world. Poor people aren't always poor because they're lazy. Sometimes there's a lot of other things going on. Rich people aren't always rich because they've worked hard. Often there's a lot of other things going on. And sometimes you read Proverbs like some of the ones we read today, and you go, I wish it worked like that. Because I know foolish rich people and wise poor people. And sometimes you go, what is going on in the world? And the Bible goes really deep in this. I'm just going to read, I'm going to hop out of Proverbs for a second. This is Psalm 73. The psalmist just in frustration goes, I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are not troubled like other people or plagued with problems like everyone else. Look at these people. 
They enjoy a life of ease while their riches multiply. And the, the, the Psalms and Job's and Ecclesiastes just struggle with the injustice on this earth of it all. And Proverbs doesn't go quite as deep, but it makes the point over and over again, which is why Proverbs points us to Christ, that there is more to this life than this instant. So you got Proverbs like eleven fourteen or 18, evil people get rich for the moment, but here we go, the reward of the godly will last. The book of Proverbs is really clear, that stuff doesn't ultimately help with the things that are really, really important in life. Riches, it says, won't help on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. This is verse 4 of Proverbs 11. The bottom line is that money isn't the most important thing in the book of Proverbs. In fact, if you achieve it by foolish means, it might bring you more trouble than it's worth. All of it leads to this profound warning from Proverbs 23. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. Just blink your eyes and wealth is gone. It will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. So don't be lazy. Don't get distracted by pleasure or addiction or escape. Work hard, but know that there is always more to this life than what you have. Those are the very simple lessons of the book of Proverbs. And it's always less about you making sense of the world and always more about you making and teaching wise decisions for yourself and helping folks around you. The fact is God tends to bless people who make good decisions. And foolish decisions bring disaster. But there's always more to life than what you accumulate. I think Proverbs calls us, though, in a really practical way to take our profession of faith out of the pew and into all the other decisions of your life. That being solidly committed to God should motivate you, should inspire you, should give you what you need to be good stewards of everything that God has for now entrusted you to. Or to use a cadet's verse, consecrate yourself. Today's Sunday, it's the beginning of the week. Put God first. Repent of all the different ways in which you may be sliding away from your profession. And when you're wise, when you put the Lord first, make good decisions, and God does amazing things as you follow him. I think the big thought for today, there's just there's so much Proverbs, there's so much information here, but I think God wants more for your life than just Sunday worship. All the decisions you make throughout your day, throughout the week, things as mundane as sim- and simple as working a job or giving your best, uh, it all belongs to the Lord. And when you put him first, it should change how you treat other people through your words, through your work ethic, through your character. Everything about all the parts of your life ought to change because you put the Lord first. And I'm convinced that when you do that, you end up making better decisions that have better outcomes. The next week, there's, there's so many verses about uh, money that I, I had to split it up. We'll talk more next week about how the responsibility God's given us affects what we do. But it all starts where the cadet verse starts, with living for Jesus, 
consecrating yourselves to the wisdom of our God. So Father in heaven, I pray that you would first of all give us the eyes, give us the imagination, give us a sight for your goodness and kindness. Father, we forget that you are the God who is powerful enough to change water to wine. You're strong enough to open the eyes of the blind when we pray to you, when we seek your wisdom. God, you shine in the darkness in a way that helps us navigate. Father, we all face difficult, sophisticated choices. Can you help us to start with the fundamentals? The simplicity of trusting you and following the way of wisdom. May we put Christ first. May we trust our God in all things. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.